Today is our Royal Family Kids Camp Sunday, and so you can see Pastor Michael's wearing his shirt, and I wore mine also. Thank you. Um, So if you've never heard of this amazing outreach, you're in for a real treat today. Um, So first of all, I just want to, um, if you wore a Royal Family Kids Camp t-shirt today, or if you have served at any time, the camp has been happening for many years, would you stand up right now if you've served in any way? Would you look around at these folks? I know we have our longest camp attender, Dawn Estella. Where's Dawn? With 14 years. 14 years. Oh, she's in kids' ministry serving kids. Look at that. But when you see her today, uh, tell her thank you so much. And so we're in this series. Uh, we're calling it RSVP, which me and also your response is needed. That's the name of the series. And we're centering this whole month on the core value of our church of purposeful outreach. And so today I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I believe God says to us, um, specifically about Royal Family Kids Camp. And then I'm going to invite up several people um, that are going to just be interviewed. And actually, if, if you're going to be interviewed today, would you just come and sit right behind Michael and Dan so that you're close? You can come on down now. And uh, I'll be calling you up here in just a minute, so as they move. Um, so last week, we talked about um, Luke 15, and we talked about the heart of God. And we looked at three parables that uh, what were talked about in Luke 15 that all um, related together to build and just help us understand um, God's heart and how he's always pursuing us, how he's always seeking us. And there are certain groups of people that I believe God was specific about in the scripture that we needed to care for. Now, God is always wanting us to seek everyone out with his heart, but, but there were these certain groups of people that, that God says, pay special attention to these groups of people. He, he had a real concern for certain groups of people, and one of them is he had a real concern for ch- his children who were fatherless. People who grew up without a father, people that didn't have a, a father in their life. And, and oftentimes he would use the word orphan to describe those people. And so James 1.27 says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so this week, I just asked myself this question, and maybe you've asked yourself too, um, why? why? Why does God have such a heart for the fatherless? Why is the orphan so important to him? And I believe it's because in Romans 8.15, God introduces himself, one of the names he calls himself is Abba Father. And he is speaking about this relationship of how he wants us to know him. He's explaining that he wants a relationship with us, not just like a boss to an employer or a distant person who who tells you what to do and you obey and do it. That's not the, the relationship that God is describing he wants with us. He describes it like a father has with a child, like a father has with a child. And I think often our own experiences with our own fathers can affect our view of God. If our dads were harsh or distant, then we expect God to be that way. If we, if we could never live up to our father's expectations, then we, we begin to believe that God will never 
approve of us. If our dads were critical or negative, we feel like that's how God is viewing us. And so the fatherless people, orphans, people who don't have a father, can often begin to have this idea that God is absent or God is disinterested or he is not, he is not in our lives. He doesn't want us. And we know from last week that that is the furthest thing from the truth, that God wants to be our father. He, he wants to fill that role in our life as a father does to a child. And we know that our earthly fathers don't always get it right. Sometimes even earthly fathers who try really hard, we can f- come up short. But God is saying, this is the, the picture, the metaphor that I want you to understand. And, and in Romans 5, 8, he, he sort of captures this aggressive love. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in, in Psalm 139, uh, we learn that God loves us even in our mother's womb. Before we even come into being, he knows us and he loves us. And, and over and over in the scripture, in Luke 15, we talked about last week, he wants our heart. He wants to be our father, and not, not in the way a father is absent or distant or critical, but in a way that a father is loving and constantly with us and showing us how much he cares about us. And, and no matter what we do, whether we're behaving good or bad, that God is still our father. Whether we're distant or close, whether we're, we're following him or not, God still wants to be our father. And, and I believe that God looks down and he sees people who don't have a father and people who don't have anyone demonstrating God's love to them. And his heart is stirred. His heart is stirred. And that's why he's constantly telling us in the scripture, love that orphan. Defend the fatherless. Someone show up on purpose. Do something for the people that need to understand my love for most. He's not necessarily saying, go and be in the role of a father, although some of us will be called to do that. But he's saying, go and show them the love that a father shows to a child. Whatever it takes, however that looks, go and show them the love that I am after them, that I want them, that I want their heart, and I want to be connected with them. And I believe today, many of those who stood up and and the people you're going to hear from um, answered this call in Scripture. When when God says, go take care of the orphans, they, they literally answered this call. And you're going to hear from a variety of people from all different levels of participation in Royal Family Kids Camp, all different life stages. Um, But really, we felt like this would be a great way to show you that you too can answer the call that, that the scripture says, that you can defend the fatherless, that you can purposefully extend the invitation to people so that they know the father heart of God, and that you can do something. Um... My husband and I are Royal Family Kids Camp alumni. Uh, we served for several years um, in, in all kinds of different capacities um, in, in many different ways. And uh, Joel sends Kyle students every year. He's always telling the Kyle students this is a great way to serve. And so we just personally really believe in this ministry. And we know the impact it has had and will continue to have in this community. Um, in a minute, I'm going to share a quick story, and then I'll call some people up here, because you don't have to just take my word for it. There's a lot of people in this room who could tell you how impactful it is. But um, I remember one of my first years at camp, uh, 
One of the things that they do is they throw a birthday party for all of the kids because many of them uh, don't get birthday parties every year or maybe not at all. And they have uh, donated little gifts that the kids get, shoeboxes full of, of things. And I remember this little boy at my table, um, he got his present and I was asking him and he, he had said that um, he, can't rem- he can't remember when he had a birthday party, which immediately broke my heart because I know of all the bells and whistles I pull out for my own kids, you know, on to a ridiculous level usually um, for their birthdays. And, uh, and in fact, he said a little bit, like he wasn't even sure what a birthday party looked like. And, and he opened up this gift and he got these packs of, um, of uh, baseball cards. And you would have thought it was the best toy at Toys R Us. I mean, he just had these baseball cards. And he said, are they mine? And I said, yeah. And he said, I can take them home with me. And I said, yeah. And, and, and he was so excited about these baseball cards. Well, then his sister came over. And, uh, and, and she had a similar experience, and they were talking. And the little girl said, oh, I, I like those baseball cards better than what I got. And what, what blew my mind is he just looked at him and gave them to her. <laughs> the only birthday gift that kid's ever gotten. And he just says, oh, she wants them. I'll give it away. And my heart just broke because I thought to myself, the generous spirit that this little kid has, and he never has, he he doesn't have so many toys he doesn't know what to do with. All he had was these baseball cards, and he gave them away as quickly as someone asked him. The heart of God that he had in those moments. And there were lots of others. I remember I cried pretty much through the whole week. How many of you had that same experience? You, just, you don't even know why you're crying. You're half tired, half, half moved, you know. They keep you so busy, you're running around like crazy. But it's such an awesome experience. And we know that one week of camp uh, with a child gives them so many memories. It really, it really boosts their spiritual moments. And so I'm excited. Anyway, I won't take everybody's stories. So let me invite Kayla up here this morning. Would you give Kayla a round of applause? Now, it's stressful coming up here if you don't usually, so you need to laugh at people's jokes, smile, all right? You can sit right there, Kayla. I'm just going to grab my questions here. All right, so um, Kayla, tell us just a little bit about what happened right before camp last year, sort of what your was happening in your life, and... Um, Okay, so um, as some of you may know, some of you may not, um, the day before um, camp this past year, uh, I was in the middle of packing, and I got a phone call from my mother that my sister had gotten in in a terrible car accident. And uh, she broke her neck. She ruptured her spleen, and she broke some ribs, and she had uh, some fractures in her lower spine, and she got some stitches. And uh, I had to rush down to the hospital, and she was rushed, you know, rushed into emergency surgery on her spleen to, to stop the bleeding, and we were down there until really late, and uh, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the the hardest things I think our family's been through. But uh, Jenna told me that she'd be mad at me if I didn't go to camp. 
So, so I had to leave and pack <laughs> because I didn't want Jenna, you know, being stuck in a hospital and being mad at me. So uh, I still went to camp, even though I was I was a hot mess. <laughs> but um, I'm really glad I did because it it was my best my best year for sure. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened before camp. <laughs> Good. Michael, can you get me another microphone so she can hold it? Um, so here's my second question. Um, so you went to camp to be a blessing um, to the kids, but how did you, uh, how did camp end up being a blessing to you? Okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, we get paired with two campers, and uh, one of my campers I had actually had a previous year, so I was really excited about that because it was her second time with me, and she was super psyched about it because every time she'd come to camp, she'd be like, I hope I have Kayla again. <laughs> and then my other camper was um, crazy. Her energy level was through the roof. She kept me on my toes, and half the week she didn't really want anything to do with me, but she loved everybody else. And so I was like, well, what the heck? So, <laughs> but she wanted to do everything. I mean, she wanted to do every craft, and she wanted to swim every day, polar bear swim, which is... What's, yeah, tell them what a uh, polar bear swim is. The crack of dawn in the freezing cold, and you go swimming. And she could not swim, so <laughs> I had to also. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we did that. But she, before camp, had never been swimming. And that, that broke my heart. But, you know, you just, you don't really think about things like that, you know, until you, you go to camp. And, and she told me that she had never been swimming. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And she had never done a craft. Like, that to me was I was in awe because I grew up doing crafts like my whole childhood. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know, it was just, her energy level just kept me distracted from everything that was going on. And uh, I mean, I was still a mess, but she just halfway through the week decided that she thought she might like me. <laughs> and. Uh, then she wanted to do everything with me instead of with everybody else. And so I was really excited about that. And by the end of the week, she was attached to me mm -hmm. at the hip. And I just, I mean, both my campers, like, loved me. And I loved them so much. Mm -hmm. And they definitely, I don't know what I would have done without them mm -hmm. with what I was going through. So it's really cool. Yeah. It was so what's fun. really great, I think, about Kayla's story is that um, probably in her biggest moment of need, she decided to serve, and in that serving, really received a blessing from that. So thank you for your service, Kayla. Thanks for sharing today. All right. Next, I want to invite up here Deb Matson. So would you give her a round of applause? Yes. Deb, here we go. Deb, tell us a little bit about how many years you have served at Royal Family and your role there. This year will be my eighth year. Um, 
I went the second year um, and then took some years off. Mm -hmm. Well, I went a couple years then and then took a few years off because my own children and then um, went back. I have worked and um, served in the activity center. So we do crafts mm -hmm. and um, I get to work with all the kids. Have you found a lot of kids like Kayla's camper that haven't done the crafts and that sort of thing before? Um, if they have been like that, they haven't mentioned that. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of them love to do like everything. They mm -hmm. would do things more than once if they mm -hmm. could. Great. So, um, how has Royal Family sort of impacted not just you but your whole family? Well, um, the first couple of years that I did camp, I was blessed to have my daughter with me. She was um, a, a counselor and. Um, that was so fun, and then um, our son um, decided he wanted to do camp as well, so he did it for a few years. Um, and through that, um, God placed on um, a couple of my daughter's hearts, actually, um, and their husbands who be foster parents, and um, both of them have adopted children as well, um, so it's... It's just been wonderful to watch that happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. well, that's great. So it can really be a family thing. Like you can, uh, you know, siblings, a lot of spouses serve together and that sort of thing. So that you would really encourage that definitely, as far as that's definitely. great. I have another son who is, wanted to go last year, um, didn't work out in his schedule, and he's hoping this year uh, that it will. So thank you for sharing. Sure. Thank you. All right. All right, next I'm going to invite Bill Grace up. And these stools are stressing me out, so we're just not going to use these anymore. Forget about it. All right, Bill, come on up. Now, Bill, tell us a little bit. Here's your microphone. Um, tell us a little, or you can use the stool. I'm going to stand. Um, I'm going <laughs> to stand, right. too. Um, why, for the first time, why did you decide to do Royal Family? Like, the first time you decided to do it, what, what kind of made you? Because you didn't have a lot of experience before working with, with children um, no. in that capacity. No, I didn't. I mean, I have kids of my own, but I never worked with kids um, on really any kind of group level. Uh, but I was out in the... In the pews, just like all of you are, and Joel was up here playing his video and giving his uh, normal routine about this time. It was probably 2013, I think, was my first year. Um, and I just felt that God wanted me to jump into that. And, you know, I told my wife, I feel like I need to do this, and she was very supportive. Yeah, very cool. So then what kind of happened, what, what changed your life about your camp experience? I mean, it really turned, turned some things around in a different way? Yeah, it did. Um, my education background is actually criminal justice, and I always wanted to get into law enforcement. Um, and, you know, before, while I was in school, I was working store security at one of the major retailers. And, you know, catching shoplifters is not exactly a peaceful encounter, I would say. <laughs> so once I, was, once I went through camp, it really kind of changed my, my feeling on what I wanted to do. I didn't want to bring people down anymore. Um, I really wanted to try to lift people up. And uh, that led me to work at a, a residential treatment facility for boys, uh, teenagers. Uh, the youngest kids that we work with are basically the older kids from camp. Um, they come from very similar backgrounds, you know, a little bit of trauma, uh, bad parenting, uh, 
you know, stuff, stuff like that. So it's, it's basically a carryover from, from camp. So, so really, your camp experience kind of pushed you, propelled you into that career change. It, it did. It, uh, it touched me so much that I really wanted to do that on a full-time schedule. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like to encourage everybody that maybe you don't think that you have any experience with kids, but neither did I. Yeah. And it changed my, my whole career path. That's great. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, next I'm going to ask Greg and Linda Paulding to come up here and give them a round of applause. So tell us, um, what is your usual role at camp? Kind of what are some different roles that can, be, can have and what's your role? Uh, we've had a couple of different roles and we've been excited to, this will be our 11th year coming up. And uh, my first six, six years was as a counselor. And so I, that was so, so special for me. And then there was a need for a new dean of men. And so I filled that role. And as dean, I help oversee the male counselors. And, um, and, and that's been extremely rewarding as well. Linda, what about your role? <laughs> I've actually never been a counselor. I started out as the resource professional, which is basically the social worker, kids counselor. And I did that while Greg was a counselor. And when the role opened up for the Dean of Men and Women, we were asked to fill the position, but I kept my position also with the kids. So I kind of have a dual role. So now I work with the kids and the adults. And it kind of works out really well because if there are any issues with the adults that they're having with the children, I'm able to deal with it right on the spot. And actually, there really aren't that many big issues at camp with the kids because they're really not, they're really not that different than um, normal kids. The only difference is they just come from abnormal situations. So I know a lot of people think, oh, how can I work with those children? But they still love, they still play, they still want to be acknowledged. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference. Mm -hmm. That's great. So um, you guys are sort of in the process, you, you work the process of t intaking new counselors, right? What do you sort of look for, you know, in, in maybe someone that's wanting to, has never done it before, but is wanting to be a part of a royal family? Linda, do you, well, do you want to take that one? <laughs> well, I mean, we, yeah, that is our role. I forgot to say we do work with the counselors and we help train them and, and provide support for them throughout the week. So, you know, we're the person that they go to if they have any issues. Um, there really isn't a lot of training that's required, actually. I mean, experience, I should say, mm -hmm. because all you have to do is know how to love, um, how to have fun, and how to, you know, enjoy yourself. Um, we actually kind of prefer if if they haven't, come from a lot of experience or worked at a lot of other camps because, you know, we have some pretty extensive training that we go through on the week, one weekend we take to do the training, and it's really, really good training. Not everybody is going to have the answers, but they're going to be um, trained well enough to be able to prepare them mm -hmm. to run and play and have fun with kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah the, the critical point is we just want people that have a heart for serving. And if you have that heart for serving, you're ready. 
-hmm. you are absolutely ready mm -hmm. because you'll be trained and you're going to have a lot of fun too. I also want to say that if you have ever sat in these pews and thought about being a counselor or getting on staff at Royal Family, if you felt that pull in your heart, then that's probably God's calling you. Mm -hmm. That's probably God saying to you, I want you to step up and serve for me. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I can't take the time off, which I understand that completely. But I can guarantee you that if you have to take time off as a vacation, it will be the best vacation you've ever had, mm. honestly. Yeah. So if you feel that pull at your heart, you might want to think about being obedient to that mm -hmm. and step up to the call mm -hmm. because you will not regret it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is there anything else you guys would like to share with well, the... Well, one of the things, as, as a first-year counselor many, many years ago, I think one of the experiences that I had, because I didn't really know what to expect either, but I, I had a child that, like many kids... This one liked to um, get into a little bit of a beef with some of the other boys. And in an attempt to establish his control, another counselor and I had to split up these boys. And I remember trying to talk to him and express to him that there's a better way to try to resolve conflict. And he looked at me and he, he says, he's from Corey, I'm from Erie. This is how we handle it in Erie. <laughs> <laughs> that was so telling, but but beyond that, just um, you know, in the craft area, making the the little insect uh, catchers and going out and catching all the bees in them, and as well as sitting on the floor playing Legos, playing in the dirt with little toy cars. I mean, it was just so much fun to experience that week with somebody that just didn't have that kind of an opportunity. And just to see him open up the way he did during the week, it was just so gratifying. And, and God uh, really allowed me to experience that as well in, in, in such a wonderful fashion. I just want to say one thing before we close. You know, you always talk about planting the seed. You will really see that seed growing and growing and growing once you get involved because you will see the fruits of the labor in these children. And the one thing, I, I, was, I was talking to Joel Miller earlier today, and he was out somewhere and saw like three of the children from Royal Family. And as soon as they saw them, him, they ran up to him and they're like, Joel, Joel, Joel. You will see that constantly. And even as adults, these kids will remember the love that you've poured out on them because it may be the only time that they will experience love, like really unconditional love. They will remember that, and they will carry it with them forever. And I think that's something to think about. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, sign up, sign up, sign up. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Now, speaking of a new counselor that uh, just kind of signed up because God sort of uh, prompted her heart. Debbie Tar, would you come up here? I remember last year um, talking <laughs> to Debbie after she she had her application, and she kind of was like, "I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about this." But she turned it in. And tell us a little bit about how your first year was. What what was your experience um, at camp? Kind of what surprised you the most? Um, what surprised me the most was the unconditional love that the counselors and the staff, and it's just. That's, you felt God's love there from the moment those kids got off the bus till the moment they went with their 
foster families or adoptive families, um, whatever the situation was, you just felt so much of God's love. And it just makes me think of the verse, Matthew 25, 40, when Jesus says, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. And that whole experience, and I have so many stories that came from that camp. Um, I had known about rural family and supported as I could, like financially or whatever, and um, I worked a full-time job. I had kids and grandkids, and my life was, you know, life, you know, but I've, it was probably two years God prompted me the last two years, like, I took the application, I started filling out, and I just was like, oh, I just, you know, in my 60s, Lord, <laughs> you know, what am I going to be able to do, you know? And uh, then, the, finally, I, I did the application, because one time, my friend, I filled it out and gave the, you know, you, you have to send them to people to give you a, a, a reference. reference, right? And uh, she I did, she did, one of my friends, she filled it out, and then she goes, I thought you were going to And I'm like, yeah, I think maybe next year, you know? And God did, I, there was a funny story. My granddaughter came over and spent the night, and, they were, and she brought her friend, and they were looking for something to watch on Netflix. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me see that controller, you know? And, and um, I found a movie, and it was, it's a camp. And I'm like, well, this looks interesting. And... They're watching the movie, and I'm getting up close to the TV, and here the lanyards were royal family. <laughs> it was about royal family kids camp. I'm like, okay, Lord, you don't have to, you know, drop a building God, on me. God, God is making <laughs> sure then, you then, knew. Not even that. I came to church. I said, you stay at, they call me Mimi. You stay at Mimi's house. You go to church, you know, on Sunday. So we came to church, and these girls thought I set them up because the guest speaker, it was royal, and I, I didn't know. And this guy came out from California, I believe, that started the royal family and spoke. So that was just like, okay, Lord. So yeah, that, um, and I, you know, I retired, and so I'm like, okay, I gotta look that word up in the dictionary, because I, <laughs> because I don't feel retired. But um, I was helping my brother out, he has a business, um, doing books, and I thought, I'm, I'm taking off the week. You know, I had to train my sister to fill in for me, and from that, I, I took off work. From that, there was a, a girl at camp. She was in my cabin. I helped her with a few crafts. Um, she's going to be, at the 28th of this month, she's going to be my great niece. And it's my brother, who I was helping, is going to be her, they call him Super Grandpa. <laughs> and over Thanksgiving, my husband and I were looking at a video. My brother, he, he does Thanksgiving, and he bakes all the pies, and he, there was a video on, um, that he had on there with this little girl, and they were rolling out the pie dough together. And it was just, you know, God is so, so good. So just for, so everyone understands, um, one of the little girls at camp this year got adopted by your family. As of the 28th. As of the 28th the, the, of the this The final month. adoption is Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that, and that, I did not know this little girl at the yeah. time. So and God used the connections. I mean, it's just amazing. You can't even make yeah. it up. It's you, only right, God. You, you, can't, you, only you God. may not be able in a position to adopt a child right now, mm -hmm. but your connection could allow. Now this little girl has a father. 
Mm-hmm. He's not, she's mm-hmm. not fatherless anymore. Um, thank you, Debbie, for your service. Is there anything else you'd like to tell anybody that's sitting on the fence uh, about whether they should serve or not? I, I say do it. it, you, you, it whether it be financial or you personally, you can't. I, I challenge you. God, you cannot give God. No matter what you do, you cannot give him. That's good. Thank so. you, Debbie. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, the last person I'm going to invite up here today is Julie Kashinikoff. And um, this is her first year as new director. She looks... She's not, she looks a little different than Joel Miller. Don't get them confused. But um, Joel Miller directed the camp for uh, many years, and this is Julie's first year. So tell us a little bit about how God got you to this point, to this role right now. It's kind of crazy because um, it, when she asked people, we, tr- we try to get a, a big um, array of people up here, people who've been with us for a few years, who've been here with us for a long time long time, who are younger, who are older, um, and if she asked me the same question, how many years have you gone to camp, I could actually only say two, and that, that surprises a lot of people, because they're like, why would you want to step up into the role of director um, after just a few years at camp, and it was actually the very first year at camp that God spoke to me about this, um, and to make a very long story short, um, the first year I was at camp, Joel said, we're looking for a new director, and God said in my heart, that's you. And I said, that can't be me because that's not my life right now. There are so many things that um, would have to align for that to happen. First off, I have a full-time job that's very demanding with a demanding schedule. Um, I have a two-year-old running around at home. Um, This is my first year at camp. These people don't even know me. I go to a different church. Um, They have no clue who I am. So you're going to have to really put a lot of things in place for that to happen. I love when we tell God that. I know. (laughs) Hey, can you work this out? Right? And then um, fast forward, which I was at camp as a counselor, and I loved every second of it. Um, There were some challenging times, and there were some very rewarding times. Um, But fast forward a few months, and my mom gets a very serious diagnosis, um, amyloidosis, which is an incurable disease. And my life completely flipped around then because now um, I'm having to, um, you know, drive back and forth to West Virginia and we're fighting and for her life, basically. Um, and so it kind of all went in the back of my mind. Um, but when you face an illness with someone that you love, you cry out to God, just, I'll do anything, just make her better again, just save her life. And um, at the end of that road, my mom did survive um, that disease and she's actually in Erie this weekend watching my um, now almost five-year-old and my two-week-old daughter at home. Um, And uh, God said during the time she was getting a a procedure called a stem cell transplant, and um, he, you know, said to me, "Um, your job that was so demanding, your your hours are flexible now. I changed that for you. Um, The two-year-old is older, but that doesn't matter. Like, you have somebody to care for him again. Um, and the church thing will work out, and he did, um, and here I am, um, been a member now for about a year, um, so he really put everything in place, and he just said, it's time, so I called Joel, and I, I just said, I'm, I'm ready to go deeper in ministry with Royal Family, and he said, how about you come over, and we'll talk about 
being director. So it was, it was really God-driven the, the entire time. So um, there's lots. We, we talked about how there's lots we could share today. But yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about how everybody that's listening here today can participate. There's a way for everyone to Absolutely. buy in. So maybe Absolutely. give us some options. Maybe not everyone can go, but what else could we do? Okay, so first off, we need a lot of prayer. There's a lot of things that go into camp that happens year-round. So even though we're only there for one week, um, it's a year of prepping, it's a year of fundraising, it's a year of getting ready to go to camp. Um, so you can pray for funding. Um, we have to raise um, a lot of money to go to camp. It costs between six dollars and $700 per camper per year. Um, and just to share some successes with you, last year we took our, our largest ever um, group of 62 campers. So you can do a little math in your head and, and, and know that it costs thousands of dollars, close to $40,000 to go to camp every year. And we, go ahead. I'm sorry, and there's 62, and tell them what kind of qualifies them. They're all from the Erie? They're all from Erie County, and they're kids who are in foster care, have been in foster care, or at some point have been abused or neglected. Yeah, so we took 62 kids with us, 59 volunteers, um, and it was an amazing year. So you can um, pray for us with that. We're also doing club and mentoring. We started that back this year, so that increases our budget more. And club and mentoring is when um, kids have a mentor um, who spends time with them each month um, for the rest of the year. And we have 29 um, kids in mentoring right now. So that increases our budget. Um, you can pray, pray for our counselors and our staff that they um, will have uh, meaningful interactions with the campers. I loved hearing the stories today. I haven't heard a lot of those stories. That was awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, and for rest and clarity of mind because the kids like to keep them up all hours of the night. Um, and then you can pay, um, pray for them for peace while they're away from their families. And just as we heard um, the Straub story about... Um, and uh, Jenna, and uh, uh, Kayla, and um, Burton, uh, Linda. Um, you can pray for protection for our counselors before, during, after camp. Um, that shook us this year, but um, we all stuck together through it, and Jenna is doing great from what I hear. So um, she says she can't wait to go to camp this year, and we can't wait to have all of them back at camp this year. So. Um, and then, um, of course, for the kids, these kids come from, a lot of them come from terrible home situations, so just pray that they'll be ready to receive um, God's love that week, because we, we give them love, and we also share with them about God's love. Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about the activities you guys do. Some people mentioned it. Tell them a little bit. All those activities are really driving to open doors for the chapel services, yes. right? Yes. So maybe tell a little bit about what you guys cover there. That happens every day. Yes, they have, um, they have like a morning Bible um, teaching, and then they have an evening um, chapel. They sing songs. Songs. They, they get to sing and dance, and um, they learn different um, themes every year. One year is about Esther. Um, there's a year that's about Joseph. Um, and they just really just learn that they're important to God and that God loves them. Um, and that's just the recurring thing every year. We do it through drama. We do it through all kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, you can pray for that as well. And then giving. Giving is a, a big a big deal. Like I said, we have to raise a lot of money every year, and we don't ask our volunteers to give um, to support their own way. We don't get any money from the kids or from OCY or anything like that. 
Um, all of our money comes from individuals, businesses, clubs that will support us. So we raise all this money on our own, and we don't we don't ask for direct um, support from the church either. We ask for support like um, to support us, but we don't ask for direct dollars from the church either. We we um, raise that throughout the year from individuals. So um, helping us get there is a, is a big deal. My goal as director would be that we always have enough money to send every kid that signs up to go to camp. I don't ever want to turn a child away because we don't have enough money to send them there. So that would be my major goal there. Um, and you can give today during the offering. Um, if you're like me and you don't have a checkbook or cash on you, because I never do, um, we have a table out there. We'll be out there for a while, for several weeks. Um, so you can always stop by and drop off um, a donation anytime as well. And then they all told you about going, um, but there's no age limit um, other than too young. Um, this year we are going to accept a small number of teen staff who are going to help with drama, um, some activity things, um, and some and some counselor relief. So if you have any kids between the ages of 16 and 18 that might be interested, that's going to be something that we are going to pilot this year and try out this year. So um, let them know about that. Uh, but yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention really quickly, because um, Deborah mentioned about the adoption in her family. Um, this year, an exciting thing we had in 2017 was we had our first ever camper who came back as a junior staff member. Um, some of you guys know her as Sierra Sullivan. Um, she now goes by Elena. And she was adopted. Her and her brother, Sean, who was also a camper before, were adopted by Ed and Donna Stella last month. So um, they are now Estella family members as well. So that was a big, exciting thing for us this year, too. Awesome. That's really cool. Thank you, Julie. Uh-huh. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I love what she said. You can go, you can give, you can pray, but we can all participate. And so the ushers are actually going to come. The service hosts are going to come down. And um, we're going to play this video. Julie kind of brought this to my attention a few weeks ago. And it just is a song by Matthew West that talks a little bit about um, something that, that, that we can just sort of respond to. And uh, the, the name of the song is Do Something. So that's actually your takeaway today to share, repeat, and remember this week is to do something. So let me pray, and then we'll run that video. Father, I thank you for these volunteers who spoke today and the ones that did it, the ones that are here and the ones that aren't. And God, thank you that their investment in your kingdom has fulfilled a scriptural command to take care of orphans, God. And we thank you that they have, um, they have done that, that they have stepped up to the plate, that they have defended the fatherless, they've shown the love of God to these kids. And Lord, I pray even right now all across this room, God, that you would begin to prompt people to invest in this ministry, Lord, to maybe even go themselves to pray, to get more involved. Um, Lord, I pray that um, God, you would just do it, God, that you would, you would um, allow us to, to be prompted to do something, and God, you would fill in what that something is. Lord, thank you for who you are. We also thank you for the tithes uh, that we'll give right now as well, um, for the, the way that we are not owners, God, but we're stewards. Bless this tithe and offering, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. You can just mark your envelope, royal family, if you're going to give today in the offering. I woke up.
morning, saw a world full of trouble now. I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever gonna turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. Yeah. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you. Somebody else will do something. 